0: what people are talking about today could be almost anything it is our unscripted show for the month of july here on take two with jerry and debbie and you on ewtn radio i am jerry usher along with debbie Giorgiani. jeff burson is producing today matt gabensky is on the phones and let's see we got uh, jeff also doing social media so jeff's doing double duty today Mm -hmm. debbie but We want to keep Matt Gabensky busy with whatever, almost whatever, the Take-Two family wants to talk about.
1: Mm -hmm. Michael McCall is on social media, and uh, he's doing a great job. And as you said, uh, Jerry, Jeff, and uh, Matt are uh, controlling um and making us sound good hopefully clear to all of our Take 2 family but Matt Gabinski has the unique uh wonderful job of having the first encounter with um our Take 2 family so when you call in you get to speak to Matt he's wonderful and he'll chat with you a few minutes you'll get to listen live you'll slip right into the discussion you don't have to be catholic to call in this is our monthly unscripted show uh this is the last day of July so we like to make this a very popular, vibrant, robust discussion about almost anything. And you could talk about the faith or what's something that's going on in the world or something that is bothering you or something you want to talk about, relationships, stuff like that. Um, it's it's really a wonderful show uh, so that we can come together and just kind of air out some of the things we're thinking about and we discuss it together as the body of Christ. So that's how Unscripted rolls. And we would like you to participate at 833 833- 288 I just wanted to say our, our pastor yesterday uh, gave a wonderful homily on um, the Jesuits and um, mm-hmm. St. Ignatius of Loyola which is the feast day today beautiful homily I sometimes when um, our priests or deacons give a homily where they give like a rich history lesson and then they tie it in of course to the readings which they, they're supposed to do wow, I could have listened to him for hours and hours. It, it only went on for about, you know, 13, 14 minutes, but it was amazing.
0: Hmm. Wish I'd have been there. Sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Well, it's unscripted today. So what would you like to talk about? 833-288-EWTN, 833-288-3986. Questions about the faith, apologetics, Uh, maybe you want to share who your favorite saint is, maybe it's a relationship question, something having to do with work, maybe you're retired, maybe you just love having your grandkids come and visit and you want to share that, or if you uh, didn't get through on a show that we aired recently, uh, whatever the topic was, this is your opportunity to do that, because so many times we get to the end of the show and there are people still on the line, so we encourage you, if you were ever one of those people and didn't get on your favorite show topic, you can do so right now, so we need to take two family to call in and Let us know what is on your mind or in your heart today at 833-288-3986.
1: This is a safe platform for us to come together as the lay faithful and really share and grow together and learn. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that appreciate. In fact, we, we hear it pretty much every single time we do the show, you guys really appreciate this, this forum, this platform for, for us to really, you know, ask those questions or process out certain things that are really bothering us as Christians, right? And we can talk about it. You know, we're here to really walk with each other to uh, journey together. We're pilgrims on a journey. That's what the mystical body of Christ and we and when you're hurting, we're hurting when you're celebrating, we are rejoicing. Okay, so, so you don't have to be Catholic to call in, please. Um, If you just tuned into the show and you're thinking, what are they doing? I don't know the topic. Well, you bring the topic to the table. It's unscripted today on take two at 833-288-3986.
0: Maybe you're celebrating something today or this week, or you did recently, like a birthday, an anniversary, wedding anniversary, a milestone event in your life. Maybe you're getting set to go off to college or go back to college for the fall semester coming up, you can share with us about that, what you were looking yeah. forward to, what you may not be looking forward to either. <laughs> yeah. 833-288-EWTN. 833-288-3986. Come on, bring it. Take two, family. We we'll want to have a great conversation. Lines are ringing now, but there is still enough for you to get on here at 833 833- Two eight eight three nine eight six.
1: I would like to highlight something, if I can, um, since it is unscripted. Um, this Saturday on the Spirit World with Adam Bly, we're, we're going to be dis- discussing and um, really going into the deep mystical parts of the Mass, the mystical parts of the Mass. I just love that. I love how the uh, the, the most holy mass um, engages all of our senses right you know you have you have water, you have the incense you you know there's there's um, there's speaking the prayers, praying singing there's uh, touching there's there's taking in the body and blood of Jesus and you know Jerry that's really important too this is also the last day of the precious blood of Jesus month mm-hmm.
0: It is, yeah, been a a great gift to so many of us, and yeah. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: What do you think about that? The mystical parts of the mass. You think that that I think that's a really cool topic.
0: Well, I think it's a great topic because, you know, we can only go deeper in our understanding of what the Mass is, who Jesus was and is, and what the Eucharist is, and why we do the things we do at Mass. So I think it's a beautiful topic.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's this Saturday on The Spirit World. But today is unscripted. And by the way, Jerry, I, I didn't get to share this with you yet. On The Spirit World, we had an open forum last, uh, last, this past Saturday, and a lot of the listeners called up, Jerry, and said how much they love Take-Two. So it was so beautiful. So we love you guys so very, very much. Uh, You know, we're just sending you those wonderful virtual take two hugs to you. Okay, so join in on the conversation. It's unscripted on the last day of July. We want to hear from you at 833-288-3986.
0: You can send your hopefully brief email, in fact, actually you can write as much as you want, but if your emails are brief at take2 at EWTN.com, we may be able to get them on the air. We kind of have to preview them during the course of the show, so try and keep them brief if you can. But like I said, if you don't care whether they get on the air or not, you we get a lot of very long, beautiful emails. That's take two at ewtn.com. Also on the take two website. And for those of you watching the video streams on Facebook or YouTube, hi there! You can post your comments there. Michael McCall will get those over to us on the uh, the shared document that we all use during the course of the radio show. 833 mm-hmm. 288 3986, your number to call. And on, it's unscripted today, so you can talk about almost anything you'd like.
1: So we do expect to hear from you because um, you make the show. It's your lived experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, um, your insights, your wisdom, everything. You know, you are the teachers here. So if you sit this out, you're just going to hear Jerry and I going back and forth. And that's fine, too, but we want to hear from you. 833 3986
0: Well, it looks like a lot of you have something you want to talk about. Phone lines are busy, busy already. Matt Gabensky doing a great job, as always, answering your calls. If you don't get right through immediately, keep trying. We would love to get give you an opportunity to be on the program today because it is unscripted. And the topics come not from us, but from you. And before we go to the phones, I'm going to tell you about a holy family icon keychain, and it's a decorative metal keychain, and it features a colorful, glossy icon of the Holy Family. Is that beautiful? Or what uh, St. Joseph and our Holy Mother Mary are seen leaning in over their precious son, Jesus who has his hand raised in blessing. This is a a beautiful piece of, uh, it's a keychain, Holy Family Icon keychain, and it's a a one-and-a-quarter-inch oval picture. It's framed with a metal casing with a beaded inner border and an outer edge that resembles small waves. The overall keychain is one-and-a-half inches wide and and four-and-a-quarter inches long, and it includes the chain and a one-inch keyring. That's available now at EWTNRC.com, where you get always free standard shipping for online orders $75 or more in the continental United States. Just use code free when you check out. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, we're going to get to the phones. This is unscripted um, today on the last day of July here at um, EWTN. So this is exciting. And we're getting a lot of... brand new callers. Wow. First time callers. So let's go to James. Uh, first time caller in Uvalde, Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, James. Welcome to take two.
2: Yeah. Hi. How are you doing?
1: Good, James. First of uh, all, I, want, I wanted to let you know that Uvalde is in our prayer book um, round the clock. So we have, we have continued to pray for all of you fine folks. And I hope there's a lot of healing going on.
2: Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel that there is, and uh, and the uh, community is moving on. So thank you very much for that. I appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We take um, prayer very seriously. But go ahead, James.
2: So my my question for you is: uh, My wife and I are. Uh, she's a born Catholic, and I'm a convert. Um, so I could. So we could get married in the church. And uh, we were very heavy in the church at first, and then we kind of had some issues arise. It kind of turned us away. So we've been away for a number of years, but now we're trying to get back. And uh, we went to Mass yesterday, and uh, that was probably my wife's first time in a number of years. I've, I've been gone myself for a couple weeks prior, but... We we're not taking the Eucharist because neither one of us have done confession. And um one of the things that we're concerned about is uh, uh to to uh take the host. Um what sins prevent you from taking the host? Like like uh you know, could you provide an example of that?
0: well yeah James I mean the the list of sins that would uh, lead us to probably not be properly disposed to receive the Eucharist would be a very very long one I, I think you know maybe um some many kinds of sexual sins obviously um, uh, you know sex outside of marriage for example or same sex behaviors um, maybe taking the Lord's name in vain not you know the thing is whether a, whether a sin is venial or mortal it is pretty well defined but Given the person who is committing those sins, there could be some mitigating circumstances. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you really should talk to a priest about this. It is great that you're going back to mass, James. You and your wife, and you want to receive the Eucharist. We all need the Eucharist in our lives right now to give us the strength, really, just to swim upstream in this ugly cultural current that we're kind of living in right now. So, I, I applaud you for that. We praise God for that. And I would say, just get get to confession as soon as you can, and if you can get to daily mass, even. You want to go on the weekends, certainly on on Saturday evening or Sunday, but if you can get to daily mass as well, we all we get all the more fortified by that daily Eucharist. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: well, that's true. The yeah. graces, yeah, the graces are flowing when you go to daily mass. But James, um, the 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 less serious sins, um, maybe like. I don't know. Let's just use, for instance, like, let's say you you, um, did something uh, wrong at work and you might have slipped and said a, a cuss word or something of that nature. The less serious sins are washed away at Mass. Okay, so the mass uh, does a, a fabulous, and the prayers, the confidier and other prayers are great ways to wash away those uh, those sins that are the, kind of the the lesser sins. And and the good news about that is, you know, we know that we can have confidence in that. So that so then we don't get into any type of scrupulosity where we're running to confession for every little sin, right? But then, like Jerry said, right. those those mortal sins that break us from God that actually stop and and break us from our relationship our friendship with God which are the those serious sins that that um, that we choose to enter into that we know are breaking the relationship those those sins are Uh, Should be uh, confessed and we should make a firm commitment. Um, And I'm, I'm mainly speaking to everybody who's listening, because a lot of people ask this question about venial sins, mortal sins, we should make a firm commitment to to not to commit those again and work and work on a plan. Um, to build our our um, strength to 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 fight those sins. So I I, I agree with Jerry. Um, I would go to a, a priest, sit down with a priest or deacon. But also you could probably with the with the internet uh, go on a Catholic site and find a list of of mortal sins and venial sins just to give you kind of a you know an idea of where everything falls um, in relationship to God. Does that does that um, maybe help? A a little but I think it's it's really gonna help a lot of people that are listening
3: right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh my wife and I joke because um after mass, you know, we're we're driving home and we get cut off, you know, yeah. and I get angry about that and she goes, See, that's why we can't we can't receive the host because as soon as we get out of church we start to sin <laughs> it's, right. well, well right. you know i don't know you know uh, uh i don't think that that would prevent us from receiving the host though right you well know, can, I a I share... yeah. Yeah, perhaps can i get angry people yeah perhaps not
0: I, go ahead yeah. yeah
1: well my pastor used to always say this jerry and james he always would say this he would get up before mass and he would say listen folks i want to make it clear you don't have to run to confession for every little sin, because then you're going to fall into this idea that everything around you, every choice, every everything you say is now you're committing a sin and that's breaking you from the relationship. And he said, be, be very clear that mass washes away all those little oops moments, James, um, that we all have. When things happen in the parking lot or on the freeway or something like that, so so I'm with you on this, and it took me a long time not to make the confessional a revolving door. Um, it was thanks to this pastor that really educated me and got me into a kind of a clear thinking about it. I didn't mean to cut you off, Jerry, but did did that oh, did good. that kind of help a little more? Because I because you remember the demons, <laughs> they're they're waiting for us as we get out of mass, right? So you know. They, yeah. they know that they can they can do this to us
2: right right no no that that was very helpful thank you and yes yeah, so I, I will seek out the uh priest and uh have a discussion with him um, sounds good
0: james yeah.
2: so I, I appreciate it thank you
0: you're very welcome we, we love calls like that because people you know coming back to the church, coming back to the sacraments, making sure you get cleaned off a little bit if you need to in confession. So James, congratulations to you and your wife. You'll be in our prayers. I'm sure Debbie already put the two of you in our prayer book. Um, Our friend Tony, watching on social media, says, I collect sacramentals and rescue them from garage sales, thrift stores, and estate sales. Please consider giving some of your items away to your director of religious education to give to people in RCIA who may not have anything.
1: That is a brilliant idea, Tony. Mm -hmm. That is excellent. Um, Yeah. And you know, a lot of parishes can they do have a person um volunteer or on staff that possibly could collect some of these items to be distributed to people who really want to have them in their homes. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea.
0: Okay. Unscripted moves along here. We go to Danny in Cleveland listening to The Rock today. Hi, Danny.
4: Hi, everybody. You told me to call back and give you an update.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Good uh, afternoon and uh, praise be to Jesus. I, um, I think I told you guys they found some masses in my right kidney. I did a CT scan for uh, my abdominal surgery, which I'm healing from. Praise Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm.
5: Two to four mm-hmm.
4: weeks of just lounging around. But um, the urologist said there's nothing to be concerned about. You He's put me up uh, in the prayer book. Mm-hmm. And I just called to thank you guys for putting me up in prayer and the listening audience. And um, it's one appointment, one day at a time. And I just want to say, I love you guys for what you're doing. And thank you so much for lifting me up in prayer. Oh, that's Danny. A, that's all I...
1: <laughs> well, Danny, we are, we've got, we're very emotional, and we are so grateful to God that everything's going in a great direction for you. Uh, and I loved how you said, praise be to God. You're giving praise to God. Let's continue that praise. Thank you for following up, because you know oftentimes when we're praying we're constantly thinking of of the people that that sent in these intentions and requests and 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 to hear this is just going to build confidence and trust in God to 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 get rooted in prayer to stay in prayer to persevere so danny god bless you this is awesome what do you say jer
0: Well, all I can say is uh, we will not stop praying, Danny, because, you know, we all can use prayers uh, regardless of what we're going through. In your case, it's very good news that we praise Jesus with you, but the prayers will definitely continue, and please, uh, I'm sure you're doing the same thing for the entire Take-Two family. You know, we're a praying family, and so, Danny, please, you too be be in prayer for all the people that listen to the show around the world who need God's help in certain situations.
4: I promise I will be, and uh, God gives us what we can handle and the anxiety we just keep praying and i can't thank you too enough for having your show and having me on
0: oh Aww. god bless you yeah
4: bless your
1: heart danny keep us we are posted blessed and humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thanks yeah. danny
0: yeah wow what a great
1: news great news,
0: great news. It, love to hear I know. that we can um, robert celebrate. is in westminster colorado listening on catholic radio network uh, robert you're up next hello
5: hello this is robert yeah I, my daughter left the Catholic Church after being baptized and educated in the Catholic school through First Communion. Then her pagan and Bu- Buddhist friends in high school gave her an anti-Catholic worldview, and now as a 30-year-old engineering student, she is taking a class on good science versus bad science. And I was thinking this is a, a tremendous opportunity because her class is designed for debunking mystics, fortune-tellers, and religions— and, and it sounds like her teacher is throwing all three of those categories into the same bucket. So I suspect her secular college teacher in, in Stockholm is contrary to religious beliefs and the many miracles of the Church that confirm their reality of God in a, in a very real and uh, uh, faithful and miraculous way. And I was wondering what kind of angle... Uh, I, I'm thinking of, of proposing extra credit uh, questions or challenges for her instructor with respect to uh, the Shroud of Turin research in Colorado Springs, the Eucharistic miracles and the AB-type blood and the, the 70 miracles of Lourdes, I'm, I'm thinking of proposing asking her to submit for me extra credit questions to her instructor to see how her instructor would handle some of these things that that the science cannot debunk certain parts of the, of the miracles. And, and I was wondering if you have any guidance for how I could present to a skeptical person uh, pagan daughter falling away in a way that might cut through the fog of of invincible ignorance that uh, I I imagine is is what's keeping her so far from the Church and and so uh, contrary to my own faith and my wife's faith.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, Robert, that she was you know, raised Catholic, taught in you know, Catholic education through First Communion. Did that, con- did that continue after that? Was she confirmed? I'm just kind of curious to know, you know how far she went uh, down that path when she was uh, you know, a younger girl.
5: By the time Confirmation came, she was so contrary to it that it would have been okay. a sacrilege to force her into a Confirmation track,
0: mm-hmm.
5: in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a couple things come to mind. And, you know, you were talking about presenting her with, um, you know, definite Eucharistic miracles, and there are so many of them. If you want to Google a book online by Joan... Carol Cruz, even if you don't get the spelling exactly right, Joan Carol Cruz put out a couple of books, actually. One is on Eucharistic miracles. Another one is on uh, the incorruptibles. These are uh, saints who have passed away, and their bodies have remained, uh, they have not decayed. So this is obviously a miracle as well. But
5: Sister in, in, in Missouri is a new yeah.
0: one. Mm-hmm. That, that, exactly. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the thing is, when you study these miracles, like at Lourdes and Eucharistic miracles, and so forth, and incorruptibles, there's no other explanation than it's a miracle, and so there must be, you know, there has to be some, yeah, there has to be some kind of a bias going in on the part of her instructors or whatever, and and she's just obviously been, uh, you know, um, influenced by this in a negative way, so main thing you can do robert and debbie will echo this i'm sure is just pray pray super hard but pray hope and don't worry as saint uh, padre pio says
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, that's where you know because the books are there and the evidence is there and the research and the scientific proof um but you know when you're dealing with a situation like this where somebody is is teaching the opposing side, and they're trying to, um, you know, debunk it all and do all that kind of stuff. It's very difficult to compete. I agree. We've got to go to the angels and the saints, Robert, in prayer for your daughter to surround your daughter um, with the real uh, knowledge and truth of the supernatural. That's what I would be praying for. I would, I would, and and fasting as well. I would. You and your wife should fast, and I would also um, ask your guardian angel to go to her guardian angel Uh, seek the support um, the heavenly assistance to surround your your precious daughter Robert, that's what I would do. But thank you so much for the uh, call. And you know, you're not alone. A lot of parents and grandparents are very concerned of what's going on in uh, the school system.
0: Yeah, Robert, you got a lot of prayers from the Take-Two family. You're in the prayer book that we keep on an ongoing basis. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. If you need any further consultation on that, email us at Take-Two at EWTN.com. We are having an unscripted show here today on Take-Two. Whatever you'd like to talk about, please give us a call. We just love the family that we have on the show Take Two, and once a month we just invite you to bring to the show pretty much whatever you would like to talk about. There would obviously be some things that wouldn't get through our, um, our beautiful call screener, Matt Gabensky, but you guys would never call about those things anyway, so we want to just uh, hear what's on your mind or in your heart today, and there is a line open. You can uh, call in and talk to Matt Gabensky at 833-288-3986
1: and Matt also reminded us of Father Robert Spitzer's um, team that does uh, is a great resource for faith and science. You can go to majuscenter.com, com. So Robert, if you're listening, Father Robert uh, Spitzer does just a fabulous job. The videos are there, the resources are there, and I think if you're going to present some kind of debate or even kind of uh, a very, you know, uh, direct argument against what you know your daughter is receiving in school i think father spitzer is probably the best wouldn't you say Jer?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, de- definitely mm-hmm. that man has got a an amazing mind and he's so so good at presenting in a way that you know understand it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Colleen, back in toledo ohio listening on Annunciation radio and we're gonna, there you go. Hi, Colleen. Welcome.
3: Hi, should I? Can you hear
0: me? Uh, you sound a little distant.
3: Uh, is this better?
1: Yeah, that's better. Sure, okay. In, I'm gonna jump right in one more time, Colleen. Let me just make sure we can hear you one more time, okay. Can you hear me better now? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Colleen, thank you for calling back from Toledo, Ohio on Annunciation Radio, so take it away.
3: Okay. Um, I'm actually, first of all, I really enjoy your show, um, and I really believe in the power of prayer a lot, but um, I'm calling from a topic from a couple weeks ago about people that collect things. I hope that's mm-hmm. okay. Um ever since I was a little girl, I always just loved, like, the Virgin Mary, and, like, when I sold Christmas seals, like, I would, like, I took a Mother Mary, like, a Madonna statue, and so all my life, I've collected Madonna statues and paintings and angels and stuff like that, and, um, my... People joke, like, you know, you have more angels than God, because you know, I have them like everywhere, inside, outside the house. But um, when a priest friend of ours, uh, when his mother passed away, he said that she also had collected angels. And um, he brought the angels to the funeral home and asked people to take an angel to remind them of his mother. And so I, I told my kids, because yeah, you know, they don't want all my... I said, well, when I die, I said, you know, take them to the funeral or bring them over here and let, you know, people take an angel that, you know, makes them smile. Mm-hmm.
1: How many angels do you have, Colleen? I'm just uh, curious because I, I studied angels for many years. I, I love the angels.
3: Oh, gosh. I a lot, Debbie. I don't know, probably in the thousands. I don't know, like, I just they're not all out on display. Some are, like, still packed away from when I moved. But I, this is kind of funny, but um, between the time um, when my my daughter's been married, like, almost 20 years now, Mm -hmm. and um, so between all the angels and, like, the Mother Mary pictures hanging up in our house, um, when my son-in-law first met my daughter when they left, he said, I didn't know if I should genuflect in your house or what.
6: <laughs> okay, that's too
3: <laughs> funny. Every wall had, like I had a crucifix in every room and, you know, Madonna pictures everywhere and Jesus and the little children and, and then all my angels and things like that. So I just, I don't know. To me, that's what is like really beautiful. And um, not that I don't like other artwork, but to me that's what, you know, it just makes me happy, and, and I think it's so beautiful.
1: Right. Right. Well, this is just a suggestion, okay? Only because I think about this all the time because of the same kind of situation I have going on with the um, with the scripture verses that I have so many uh, of spiritual artwork that I don't know what to do with if when I leave this earth. And then you make a a really good point. You know, have your kids each take Mm -hmm. angels, but you know, you if you have you know over a thousand, it's going to be hard if they don't if you know if they don't want to take you know uh, tons of boxes of angels. Have you? ever thought about maybe calling around uh, your area in Ohio and just seeing if there's um, like a small apostolate or a, a, you know, a shrine or a chapel somewhere that they would want a full display. I think it would be just, I think it would be just beautiful to see you know, a whole go into a room of, of all angels. I think that would be just, it would just be amazing, you know, because so many saints, and we know this, that during the consecration, all of the angels, you know, come down and they, and they converge on the altar and they're, they're there just crowding the altar. I mean, to have that image, it would be just incredible. Have you ever thought of that?
3: Um, when I, I moved about 12 years ago, and um, I did take down some of my, because I didn't have as many walls. <laughs> so not every room is totally full of Madonna pictures. And I did take them. We have it's um, Our Lady of Toledo Shrine uh, in Toledo. And I did take a lot of my um, Mother Mary pictures that I didn't have room to hang anymore.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and like a Holy Family picture and stuff. And I, I just gave them there to donate them. And um, sometimes they give them away or sometimes they put them in their little shop. Um, so I have done that. Nice. Nice. Wow. But that's a nice idea. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, I just like I, I really like your program a lot. Oh, so. well, we oh,
1: like thank
0: you. you. <laughs> And, you know, Colleen, I, I, I think, I hope, I pray, I believe that your call has maybe, uh, you know, made it into the hearts of everyone who's listening right now. What do I mean by that? We need to have these holy reminders. Maybe not everybody's going to collect them to the extent that you do, but you're encouraging people right now. You said you have a crucifix in every room. We should have crucifixes in our homes and beautiful you know, uh, paintings and statues of the saints and our blessed mother and Jesus' sacred heart and all of that. So folks, all of you who are listening, think about that. If you don't have anything in your home or maybe one or two kinds of things, maybe you can get something, a little something for every room and just remind the people in those rooms and whenever you go in there that you're... You're a, you're, you're a faithful Catholic, and, you know, you could even say a little prayer and, you know, thank God for all the gifts you have in your life.
1: So beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Colleen.
3: Thanks, Debbie and Sherry. Aww.
0: God bless. Now that she's an
1: angel lover, I, I love her even more.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I figured you would.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know how I feel about that. So, okay, where are we going next?
0: Jeff is in Duluth, Minnesota, listening on Real Presence Radio today. Hi, Jeff. Good to have you with us.
7: Hi, good morning. Uh, Thanks for this opportunity to uh, explore a topic that's uh, uh, poignant in in my family. We're a fourth-generation immigrant family from Ireland, and my brother's been on Ancestry.com investigating the past of our family and putting the pieces together. And uh, he recently discovered, for example, that Angelina Jolie is a distant relative, like an eighth-generation grandfather or something like that. But the reason I'm calling today is regarding the covenant that a family um, has, and I guess it's expressed in a coat of arms or something, and then there's a meaningful expression of uh, family value or something. So having said that, since we came to America— Every marriage is a sacrament, you know. And we're all Catholic. Um, my question is: Is the family expected to grow? In other words, how how does that covenant with a family? Um, how do you measure that? How do you how do you carry that? Um, you know, into your own family, in your own marriage. How do you do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want me to go first, Jerry? Yeah, sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so Jeff, let me just. Uh, just be. I want to be crystal clear on what you're talking about when you say a family covenant. Is this something that has been handed down um, with the with the generations of the family, or is it something that the the family comes together and and determines their own like kind of family mission statement, you know, that type of thing? So first, first, uh, um, make sure we we're, we're clear on that.
7: Well, I know that when we gather, uh, we we have a lot of conversations about family values and pride and putting the family first kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's how I would answer that and I you know there's historical moments that you know funerals and weddings that we all remember.
1: Right, right. Well, and the reason why I'm I, I'm going in this direction is because we we get a lot of questions about generational curses and problems with, uh, okay. Okay. So there, so we get a lot of that. And so you want to be, um, really clear on kind of, um, wiping the slate clean, if you will, Jeff. I mean, you're, um, the, the father of a family, it sounds like, and uh, a husband and you take your, um, your, commitment very seriously because it was, you made your vows in, in, in front of God, right? And so you are taking that very seriously and you should. And God honors that. He honors the authority of you as husband and, and father. Um, but he also gives you a lot of um, freedom to make decisions for your family that could be very different from what your grandparents or great-grandparents or cousins did. So I think what you want to do, if it were me, is to take the good from your lineage, take the good from your history, and um, expand that, keep that going. But then also develop your family um, in, in the time that you live in, um, because it's important. And you have that authority given by God, Jeff, Um, that is very different from what a wife has and children have and grandchildren and everything. So I just want to encourage you. It sounds like you're taking your family covenant, your vocation very seriously and you should. And so what do you do with that? Is that, is, I don't know if that, if that helped at all, but I just want to affirm you and where you're at.
7: Yes. And I'll share this with you. It, as a young boy, I had a personal relationship with Jesus, you know, and I studied scriptures. But now that I'm 62 years old, I discover I have a relationship with Mary. I mean, the mother of Jesus. I Mm -hmm. see her spiritually, and it's overwhelming sometimes.
1: Yeah, Mm. yeah. But Jeff, let me encourage you on something on this. There's a reason you have developed a relationship with the Blessed Mother. There's a reason. And that is because of your role as husband and father, that that for you to gift that to all of your loved ones. It's very, very important because um we we're not going to see it on this side of the veil but i'm sure you probably have some family members that are waiting to see what jeff's going to do with the blessed mother before they're ready to dive in deeply with their relationship um with with uh, our spiritual mother right
7: i hear you mhm yeah i understand
1: yeah so it's huge you see and that's why it's so it sad really is. Well, it's sad when we take fathers out of the role, and husbands, and when we take them out of their role given by God. It's very sad because because we're missing out on the opportunity to grow and to really advance the family, and and so I I just want to say, Jeff, more power to you. It, that's awesome, and to, and to think that um, you have such a close relationship with our spiritual mother. That's that's incredible. Wait till you see uh, where where she is going to lead you. She leads you right to her son but she's she's incredible
7: yeah thank you Mm
0: -hmm. you're very welcome great stuff deb thank you right on spot on what you said there jeff and duluth thank you for the phone call 833-288-3986 it's our unscripted show camille and cheryl you two will be next coming up in a moment before that, I just have to mention real quickly, The Journey Home, tonight at 8 Eastern Time on many of these same EWTN radio stations. Jonathan Spade will share his journey from uh, evangelical Protestantism to Catholicism and how he came to work in campus ministry with Focus. So join Mark Grody tonight, The Journey Home, at 8, uh, yeah, 8 Eastern Time here on EWTN.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll go next to Camille. And uh, Camille is in Flower Mound, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi,
8: Camille. Good morning. So nice to talk to you both. Um, Yes, I have two stories, actually, about St. Michael the Archangel, and I just don't know which one would be more interesting to you, whether or not you would want to hear about Mont Saint-Michel. Have you heard of Mont Saint-Michel, this beautiful um, structure built around a feudal town and then topped with a beautiful church at the top with a spire on which uh, St. Michael is um, is actually standing, and the fact is that it's a very interesting legend that this bishop had three dreams, one in a row, and each night St. Michael appeared to him in this dream and told him that he wanted this particular Mont Saint-Michel, this church, to be built, and the bishop sort of ignored him. And so then, again, the next night, St. Michael came back to him in the vision, in his dream, and actually made the request for a second time. And the third time, uh, St. Michael meant business, so uh, he, he had to convince the bishop that this was something that needed to be carried out. And in, in order to make his point clear and direct, he actually burned a hole into the forehead of the bishop, and there is a church nearby where the actual skull with the hole in the forehead can be found. Hmm. So wow. it, it's a fabulous place. It, um, it What can I say about it? It, um, it rises hundreds of feet above a rocky uh, uh, islet amidst vast sandbanks exposed to powerful tides, and at the top is a Gothic Benedictine Abbey surrounded by a medieval village. And so, f- actually, as I mentioned, it was conceived in the dream of St. Michael, who appeared to the bishop. Um, uh, also on top, there is God, then the Abbey and Monastery <clears throat> below this, the great halls and stores and housing, and at the bottom, outside the walls, the fishermen's and farmers' housing. So, it attracts... Millions of visitors a year. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It has played a tremendous role in the history of France. During the Hundred Years' War, the Kingdom of England made repeated assaults on this island, but were unable to seize it due, due to the Abbey's strong fortifications. Um, uh, St. Michael, this Mont Saint Michel was instrumental, in inspiring Joan of Arc to victory. When news of the islands stand against the English, reached a young peasant girl in Orleans, southwest of Paris, the tide would turn against England in the Hundred Years' War. And so it, um, it served as a prison as well. With its popularity and prestige as a center of pilgrimage, waning during the Reformation by the time of the French Revolution, there were very few monks in residence. Closed in 1791, the abbey was converted into a prison, initially holding clerical opponents of the Republican regime, up to 300 priests at one point. And it was actually, so it has gone through many stages, but it stands there as a pillar of uh, uh, strength, and determination, and it actually was so incredibly difficult to build because it was it, there were so many components to it, and the the ball war, the uh, balwarts and the that it was like a fortress, and the architects had a tremendous time building it, and the tide made it impossible for the pilgrims to be able to arrive. So finally, they built a causeway. So as at this time and place, there are hundreds of buses arriving with visitors and coming to see and delight at the wonder of the fantastic, beautiful... Um,
0: well, you know, Camille, uh, I'm actually actually looking at this on the internet we, when mm-hmm. you when you mentioned this both debbie and i brought this up mm-hmm. on our browsers here yes. we were debbie and i were just exchanging comments on a on, the, on our call screening document here where she said wow amazing i said you know breathtaking i'm just looking at this and, and there's so many beautiful pictures of it at different times of the day from different angles different elevations and so forth in france. and mm-hmm. what's that
1: in france
0: yeah, in France. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is absolutely beautiful. And as Camille was saying, you know, Debbie, um, th- hundreds of thousands of people go there every year yeah. to see this. And I-, I don't blame them at all. You know, I would love to make a trip there sometime.
1: Well, we just want to thank you, Camille, for for uh, making us aware. And so we jumped on the Internet. I'm sure th- uh, thousands are maybe going to the Internet right now, maybe even planning some pilgrimages. So way to go, Camille. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the story um we absolutely here on take to love uh St Michael the archangel so thank you. Um Very
0: good. Yeah, we're going go to go ahead. Thank you.
1: Uh, can I just share something Anna sent in on Facebook Mm -hmm. I want Anna to know before we run out of time on this particular unscripted Anna we got your message your husband Victor is at the top of our prayer book okay you have been through so much Anna sent in a Facebook post uh, saying that her husband um, was diagnosed with uh, dementia the same kind as Bruce Willis had uh, many years ago he was 45 he's now 61 years old he's had other things happen to him him. And he's now been put on hospice. So uh, th- we have Anna, we have you, we have your family and we have Victor in our prayer book right at the top. We will be praying. Um, you are a special soul um, going through all of this with your husband, Victor. And please, um, when, you, when you're with him, let him know he's got a big family praying around him.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have time for uh, Cheryl in Louisiana listening to us today on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Cheryl. Hello. Hi, welcome.
6: Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Hmm? Um, My question or concern, I guess, is um, I was raised Catholic, and I left the Catholic Church when my husband and I got married. Um, It'll be 30 years this year. And um, about six years ago, well, we raised our kids as non-Catholic as well, and about six years ago, I came back to the Catholic Church, and my husband came with me, mm-hmm. and he converted. And uh, But my thing now is the kids are still um, drifting, mm-hmm. and I, mean, I feel like this is our fault for not going in the right direction from the very beginning. Right. What can I do? Sure. I mean, how how can I get them to take sure. the Catholic Church seriously and to just to learn to love the Catholic Church?
1: Right, right. Okay, real quickly, may I go first, Jerry? Yeah, were please. they baptized? Um, at, at, were they? Is it a Christian baptism? The children? Yes, they were. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. So they're marked for Jesus. Good. It, it was. It was the. Uh, um, Um, they approved baptism. So was it a non-denominational, or was it like Methodist or Episcopalian or something of that nature?
6: Uh, It was non-denominational, but it was a Baptist preacher that baptized him in the um, swimming pool. (laughs)
1: Okay, so we want to make you check with your check with just just to be certain, check with your priest, Cheryl, to make sure those baptisms are valid in the would would be valid in the Catholic Church. Would you do that? That's the first thing. Okay, second, what I would what I would do is real simple. You and your husband call a family meeting. You sit down with the kids, no matter if they're how old they are. It doesn't matter if they're young or they're adults. It doesn't matter. You sit down and say you tell them exactly this journey. We walked away. We came home, we made a mistake and here's where we made the mistake. We should have raised you in the Catholic faith. We learned it took time for us to learn to come back home to Holy Mother Church. We're home. Welcome home to, to you both, I wanted to say. But also you tell your children exactly that and say, Listen, you, you can do what you what you choose because you have free will, but we're letting you know we made a mistake. We're back in the church and we're living out our Catholic faith. And I would just I would just let that let that flow and if you're whatever kids uh, they'll remember that. They'll remember that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with telling your adult children hey, we made a mistake. What do you say, Jer?
0: No, I, I agree. That's very honest with them. And, you know, I think, Cheryl, you and your husband are going to be the the instrument, the conduit through whom God is going to provide graces for your for your daughters. Um, you know, just live your faith joyfully and matter of factly. I agree with what Debbie said, you know, maybe have a, a, a time to discuss this with them. But look at this, you know, you two, you and your husband, you were out of the Catholic Church for a while. The Holy Spirit led you back. Who Who are we? to say that he can't do that for your daughters and won't do that for your daughters. We have to believe that he will do that, and your prayers for them are going to be invaluable going forward.
6: Yep, totally agree. Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much.
0: All right, we'll be praying too, Cheryl. We got all of you, you and your family in our prayer book. Thank you. You're very welcome.
1: And, you know, Cheryl brings up what we all face with uh, so many, I shouldn't say all, Mm -hmm. but so many of us face. It's the number one uh, prayer requests and intention, right, Jerry? That's why we put together the book Trustful Surrender.
0: Yeah, it is, you know. And her call reminds me. I have a, a longtime long time friend, very involved in Catholic ministry for many years, and then left the church and raised all of his kids outside of the Catholic Church. Now he's come back, and he's in the same dilemma, you know, same mm-hmm. position. So, you know what? the 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 I think the bottom line is. If, if, they're, if, they're, if they're in relationship with Jesus of some sort, I mean, a real, solid, healthy relationship with Jesus, God can work in that as well. You know, the, and I think the graces will come through Cheryl and her husband. And
1: Absolutely. I, I just yeah. feel
0: really good about it.
1: I do too. I do too. I have a good feeling too. Well, what an amazing unscripted for the last day of July, uh, the precious blood of Jesus month and also the feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The jesuits wow so many um have have, they were they're great teachers you know they've gone out there and they really uh, could can can spread the faith and they did it so well for many many years uh, thanks to that great saint right
0: yeah debbie often talks about her cancer uh, ordeal as it could could have led her away from god or closer to god that's our topic tomorrow how has an illness Brought you closer to God and your faith. Until then, have a beautiful and blessed day. And St. Joseph, St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us.